Welcome to another edition of the Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. This is episode 324, semi-live from the original Sin City in Las Vegas, Nevada for reInvent 2018. Uh, and I got some, uh, some interesting characters here with me, um, just sitting around uh, talking about uh, what's going on, what we're seeing, what the theme is. Uh, we'll present that to you shortly. Uh, I figure who's better to uh, come talk to you guys uh, on the show about uh, you know, cloud security and and reinvent and the things that are going on. Then to the guys that are my team that do this pretty much every day, uh, including Saturdays and Sundays sometimes, guys. Um, <laughs> I got Sam Cornell and Alex Humphrey. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, howdy, howdy. So over coffee on a uh, what is today? Tuesday, Tuesday already. Tuesday. Yeah, see, this is what happens. Over coffee on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, let's talk about what uh, what the major theme is because obviously the show opened yesterday. There were some you know there's some um, Lots and lots of traffic on the uh, uh, floor. I think the thing that I'm gonna I'll start off with and kick us off with is having been to more than my fair share of RSA and Black Hat conferences. Um, I don't see the same kind of giant booth set up here. There's not a thousand different vendors here. You guys, you got, you've been, you guys have both been to at least Black Hat or RSA or what's up? Either of those or both of those. What do you think of the uh, the difference here? Well, I think at reInvent, people are actually here to learn. Like, they're actually trying to learn more about cloud stuff and the vendors that are out there, whereas a lot of other shows tend to be more focused on how many vendors can we cram into a room. <laughs> those, those, those conferences shall go unnameless, Black Hat, RSA. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you're, you know, you're, but with all the good intentions that those started out with, um, I've always wondered, because you've got, as we get out here to our, to, to our <laughs> as we get out here to reInvent, uh, this is mainly a developer-focused builder conference, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we, we see that with a lot of the, the focus so far on, on some of the announcements and what's expected. I feel like uh, this just kind of further going in on, on serverless, on um, making it simpler for developers to um, get their code running wherever and integrated wherever. It definitely seems to be a big thing here. Yeah, so it, it's clearly not a security conference, which is which is kind of interesting. I, I you know, this is a, a last couple of years have been a change for me, getting purely out of the security industry. But it's you know, getting out here, getting walking through the crowd, seeing the different types of uh, attendees and everything. It's fundamentally, I think, different. Uh, and and Sam, you pointed out, you know, it's it's a uh, it's it's getting developers to code, getting them. We stopped by. Um, we walked around a little bit yesterday. We stopped by. Uh, the what was, what was the area called? The uh, a, I don't know. Builders, the, kind of, the impressive. The, yeah, the uh, builders. That that little. It's basically a bunch of uh, different college kids, college kids, college yeah, students, college postgrads students. that are uh, coming up with new and incredible ways. There's one that was 
using uh, an algorithm, uh, a leveraging the AWS platform to detect uh, seizures. Yes, yeah, uh, to anticipate them. Wow. Anticipating seizures. There's one, there's a young lady that was uh, using uh, neuro, uh, sorry, uh, language and language processing and basically feedback to create a, a foreign language tutor. So it would ask you, what do you see? And you would say, I don't know. And it'd say, you know, for example, whatever Italian or whatever the uh, word for red was, you're like, okay, this is a red what? And you go, oh, and then you try to, you try to like feedback. It was pretty cool. The other, the game that we played was basically um, an Alexa that would, and I just set off everybody's Alexas, Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> um, that, <laughs> that would allow you to uh, have a conversation with a chat bot on any particular topic. Somehow we got onto, uh, I, I said books, we got onto War and Peace. Or no, uh, Pride and Prejudice, sorry, whichever, both, both, I guess, both bring back horrible memories. But there is so much in, um, there's so much focus on the inventive part of the ecosystem. Like this isn't a, this is so much different than I'm used to. It's, it's not just a company that sells tools. Like AWS is all really about, if you look around, enabling to getting things faster. It feels more Google than Microsoft, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, if you think about, um, there's that kind of famous book from the early 2000s, The World is Flat. It basically talks about how the internet flattened the world. Not not flat earth for earthers, but <laughs> the internet. I was trying to make that disclaimer there. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> um, but where, you know, in the early 2000s, thanks to the internet, thanks for it growing so rapidly, you could suddenly contact someone across the world in seconds, and they could interact with you and work with you and, and build stuff with you. Uh, but there's still, for business, both on a national and international scale, there's still been these huge barriers of entries around purchasing servers, implementing code. You know, AWS is really flattening that. You, anyone can build this stuff. Anyone can, and they can do it cheaply. They can do it quickly. And you know, fail fast isn't just something they say here. It's something that I'm seeing with every person I talk with. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think towards that end, towards the the sort of flattening. Um, with some of the, um, I think they're going further in on cost optimization, um, which I I've think is a lot of that, hugely yeah. important, right? They're just making it cheaper and cheaper um, to get up and running faster and faster. And, and really, I think, you know, in, in terms of kind of um, inventiveness, I'd say innovation um, and rapid innovation seems to be the, the MO um, here and, and with this platform, right? We see the, the exponential growth of services and features um, year over year. It just keeps, keeps getting higher and higher. So I definitely think there's, there's something there to just releasing more, um, releasing more features that increase velocity for people um, and allow them to, to get stuff deployed much more cheaply and to operationalize them much more cheaply. So there's, there's a significant amount of, uh, of the old, we'll call it the old guard, security vendors on the floor. So there's yeah. Symantec's there. Uh, FireEye's got a, uh, uh, basically, a, a, like a two by two. They've got a space. Uh, there's a bunch of, you know, Sophos is there. There's a bunch of the old security companies. There's a couple of, our, like ours, and there's a couple of new ones. Armor's out there, we got a huge space. Um, uh, ProtectWise is out there to kind of like the new cl cloud security companies. Um, but there's still, like, what's new? 
Insecurity? Yeah, when it comes, like when you when you stand there, like Sam, you were talking about how the fact that there is just a tremendous amount of uh, cost optimization. There's a lot of orchestration tools, right? Optimization is definitely the I, I think the, the unspoken theme this year. Where does security fit into all that? With who's on the who's there and exhibiting? Well, armor, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we, we may be slightly self-serving. That's okay. <laughs> no, I, I do think there is a new. So security has changed, right? I like to think of it as a three-legged stool. You still need all the infrastructure security you've always had, but now you need way better log management correlation, and you need risk and compliance. And those three pieces have to be quick, they have to be easy to deploy, they have to be scalable. And I like the way you say it, you know, security is always 10 years behind, right? The dev side of the house has been doing that for five or six years now, and the security side of the house is only just beginning to play catch up there. There's a few vendors in the space like armor. <clears throat> uh, no, no. There's a few vendors in the space, and they're they're you know they're doing some cool stuff. But we're I think we're just starting to see really 2019. I think will be a really big year for some of those changes in security because the right people and the right organizations seem to be talking about the right things finally. And I'm looking forward to sort of what comes out of that. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean I'd agree. I, I feel like the the principles are. The foundations are the same, right? You want good detective controls. Um, you want to be you want to be monitoring and responding um, to what's going on in your environment. But the technologies continue to evolve quite rapidly, um, and you know I think the the big things um, that that I hear at least in the conversations I've been having are you know security um, around things like like lambda functions, like. Um, containers, um, your postural management—it's—it's it's the things that are that are challenging um, us to to take those those same foundations, um, but to apply them to technologies that that challenge how we've traditionally met those. Let's, let's pull on that just a little bit. Uh, sorry, let's pull on that just a little bit because now we've got like the CSPM space is a perfect example of this. Like orchestration automation extended to the ability to look at a configuration, look at a deployment script, look at a build script, look at kind of the everything, because everything now is code. It's infrastructure is code, your code is code, everything is code. <laughs> uh, this chair is probably code, I don't know. Uh, but we're, everything is, is basically, it's all software. And the security of that software, the way that's designed, deployed, and implemented, and monitored, and maintained, and responded to, like all of that requires us to have security built into it. I am not yet seeing, like, for example, I, I put a tweet, tweet up yesterday. There is no DevSecOps. I hate DevSecOps. <laughs> and I, it's not, guys, if you're listening, it's not that I don't like the security part of it, but I feel like security continues to try to make itself special. Like, we have to have a DevSecOps. Like, why can't it just be DevOps that has security in it? Why do you have to call it out explicitly? Well, I love that idea, too, and I, was, I, was, oh, I wish I could remember the article, but I was reading about this the other day, and it got me thinking exactly like that is, it's not that there's a dev team and a security and an ops team. It's the dev and ops and security teams all need to be doing all three pieces right. together now. There's In the same way we've lost the beautiful data center walls that protected us from a security perspective, we've also really lost the barriers between development operations and security. Yes, yeah. you need people who have focuses in those areas, who can be leaders and guide the processes that are created, but a developer needs to be able to build infrastructure in a secure way in order to, as part of their code now. That's, that's what you're doing with serverless. That's what you're doing with containers. And the security people need to be there to do those same sort of building and help them 
build everything. The same with the ops people. So it's it's the world has changed dramatically, and I think your point on the DevSec ops is so good because you we still trying to keep those walls in place. Yes, have experts. Yes, have focus, but. We can no longer be a security team that's overloading ourselves over the development of the office. It just doesn't work, right? It just it, it takes all that modern agility that we've finally gotten to and says, ah, the heck with it. We can do better. It's like, hold on, let's let's not do that right now because the uh, the reality is, um, you know, I, I want to make sure that as we as we as we you know talk to our audience out there and as, as people listen to this. Security is should not continue to be this special, over, as you put it, overlording function. That isn't something that you know we show up once a once a sprint cycle, or we show up you know during the story development, or you know during the QA stage, during you know waterfalls initial or whatever, and say, okay, I, guys, in two thousand two, two thousand three, when I went to GE, I ran the AppSec program for GE Power, and I remember. I, and naively as crap, if I could take a time machine back and, and smack myself upside the head, I absolutely would. But my thought was, look, I know the best way to stop people from developing and releasing crappy apps. I'm going to be the guy. They have to give my sign off right before it goes live, just like you have to get a QA sign off. Well, the secret was that I didn't really realize at the time, and I think a lot of us still don't realize is QA is a process that, that builds upon, it's a final check mark of a culmination of a bunch of other things during the dev cycle. Security would just show up. Yeah. You're like, hey, you got cross-site scripting. You're like, hey, what's that? Like, by the way, we go live tomorrow. And, yeah. and you know, all the developers have been reallocated to something else. We're out of money. Like, this needs to go. You're like, no, no, no. I'm, and so you became essentially, like, what I felt like for a long time, the best way to describe it is, you know the train is, is is about halfway out the yard. It's about ten feet away from being out the uh, out of the train yard. It's got some momentum. It's moving along. There's a hundred cars behind it. Not the guy at the track yelling stop, stop, with a predictable outcome every time. Squish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So th- this is why DevSecOps is not a thing. And I think that what we see on the show floor, and we see some of these talks in the in the keynotes, uh, and in our message even uh, again to continue to be self self serving slightly is that security isn't a thing that you just bolt on at some point during the process because you lose all your agility. Like the whole point of cloud, the reason it happened <laughs> is because our companies were like, these. You know, it takes six months to get our server up and ready. I can do it in six minutes. Why am I even bothering anymore? And that was the major disruption. I think that security is going to have to get on that. Yeah. You know one of the things and, uh, that I, I find interesting is I meet a lot of college students at these types of events especially recent grads who will come to me and like, hey, I'm a developer, and so I'm just here to ask you some questions. I want to be a developer. I want to ask you some questions. And I've had that conversation over and over, and I always ask them the same question. When In your class, in your whether it was a year class or a four-year degree or even a master's degree, what time was spent teaching you how to write code securely, how to write it so you're, you're, you're secure against you know, your attacks? And, and without fail, people who graduated yesterday versus a couple years ago, Zero. <laughs> They're like, wait, what? Yeah, does not surprise me. What, don't I have to? I can just get a tool for that, can't I? Right? That's the mentality. But yeah, so I mean, it's it's amazing to me that that we still like. This is a problem across the board where we just don't. The developers don't realize they need security. That security is not part of their job. They don't. Yeah. Re- 
It, I mean, and it's totally true. And I think we see um, just this week, right, news of uh, the an NPM module, a node module um, that has two million weekly downloads, contains some kind of Trojan. Um, oh my! It's yeah. uh, you know, it's just if it's not baked in from the start, if people aren't, uh, if it's not integrated more fully throughout the whole cycle, things like that just just occur, right? Well, so look, we've got we we started with uh, we started with. Uh, virtualization years and years and years ago and for those of you that are listening that are that have been around long enough you'll remember like the the, you know, the e10ks uh, you'll remember sun virtualization sun containers does this sound familiar to anybody else besides me here right <laughs> sun containers was almost exactly what we've got now but now it's in the cloud well and the difference is the price tag well <laughs> docker's <I'll>, free <laughs> right docker's, <laughs> docker's free uh, oracle or sun uh, nearly broke many of us um, <laughs> But we went from virtu just virtualization, right? We we started that virtualization was really a, a drive to better use, better utilize resources. We had servers sitting in the, in the data center to have one app installed. It was idle ninety eight percent of its time, except for like the fifteen minutes when it like went red hot and it went idle again for the next you know the year. Um, we're like, hey, we could do something with that. Hello, VMware. Yep. Right. And then we went from the virtualization of the of the VM to like, hey, we could do this somewhere else. Like we could really create a create crazy model, and Amazon was born, and all these different uh, top, you know, the big three, right? Amazon, Google, Microsoft. But now we're shifting away uh, from just purely VMs to containers, to managed containers, uh, to now. And I swear, I hate this term, serverless. It's 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 just it's not. There's a server somewhere. I promise you, <laughs> um, it's not running in in the ether. But it's it essentially, as far as the developer is concerned, it's, there's no server. I'm just uploading code and woof, there it goes, uh, which is actually pretty interesting in itself. Um, so two points there. One, uh, the fact that we're, we're slowly evolving the way that we do, that we abstract, right, which has a very specific implication for security. And then where we, uh, right along with that, where we implement that security and how is fundamentally changing because we used to be able to say, that machine got hacked, I'm gonna go pull that hard drive. Good luck doing that today. Yeah. Now you get to pull a virtual hard drive, um, assuming you have the machine still powered up and running and you didn't take us in, in, right? Or you didn't uh, power down a year ago. Um, but I, I, we had, so I've had this interesting conversation, I think it, maybe it was, it was at one of the AWS events, maybe it was either Chicago or New York or earlier this year. And somebody you know came up to our booth and, and asked basically, well, we're going, we're going mostly uh, managed containers, managed EC2 containers, and, um, and, and functions. Like, wh where do, how do I do security? And I'm like, huh. So OWASP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Suddenly OWASP is relevant again after having uh, stagnated for the last, what, 10, 15 years. I mean, I was you know, a big part of OWASP. I was pretty excited about where it got to, and then suddenly it was like, oh, AppSec, I feel like AppSec hit a plateau and just stopped. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely relevant again. Yeah. 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 It's huge. That's that's where the meat and potatoes are in, in a certain sense with um, with these platforms. Serverless. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting. So we're back to making sure that the code is safe. Mm -hmm. And now the 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 interesting part about the the trust model or the um, uh, uh, shared responsibility model rather is that 
you're giving up more and more control, but not necessarily more and more accountability. Because if you get broken into, right, something happens, Amazon's not going to be your friend in court and liability, I don't imagine. I, no. I don't imagine you can show up with them, to them and go, hey, I'd like to pen test Amazon, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like that happens a million times every minute. Don't worry. Like, it's good. Um, but there, like, that whole thing, how do you guys see this going next year, year after? Like, where, where is the trend now from where we were five years ago and where are we going into this? Sam, I'll, I'll let you start because you've got the dev background here. Yeah. No, I mean, I, <clears throat> I think the, the trend is just going to be going – further in for AppSec, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't see, you know, the, the same, some of the same paradigms or the same ways that we've approached securing infrastructure um, really being applicable at all. Um, and it's, I don't think Amazon's going to change their model, um, the shared responsibility model. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And so, um, the focus on you know on IAM on um, on AppSec um, is just going to to increase. And I think especially um, IAM that's that's going to be the, the keys to the kingdom, right? It's really huge. That the only other piece I would add because I completely agree that identity is insane. But uh, log management, log correlation management monitoring. Uh, we have sucked at this historically. We've gotten away with it because it's expensive, and we had those wall gardens to sort of buffer our risk register that is gone you either know what's going on in your environment or you're being attacked and like those are your options you, I, you you're either flying by instrumentation or you've closed your eyes grabbed the bottle and said let's see where this goes exactly so we're either going to learn how and i want off that plane <laughs> so we're either going to learn how to how to look at this stuff and how to respond to it and take action based on what is happening right now based on what the logs are telling us or we're just going to fail as a security industry, because yeah. all the stuff we've spent the last thirty years building are quickly becoming—I don't want to say irrelevant, but but irrelevant, irrelevant, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's exactly what we're saying. Is like the old ways we've we've super glued them and duct taped them as long as we possibly can. But the more the infrastructure shifts to code and these little giant compute farms that have no boundaries and no form, uh, it, this is at least security in the cloud, right? Not of the cloud, but in the cloud. That is fundamentally changing security. I think this is, every 10 or 15 years this happens, right? When we got computers that could, you know, supercomputers that could walk around in your pocket, it changed security forever. Now that cloud computing is a full bore, it is not coming back, that horse is not coming back to the stable. We move, we shift, we adapt, or we go away. And I think going away is a terrifying thought. Absolutely. Uh, guys, it's been fun. Um, maybe we'll do a wrap-up on this uh, later this week. What do you think? That'd be Sounds great. good to me. All right. Hey, Sam, uh, Twitter handle? Uh, underscore or not underscore, at Samuel J. Coronado. All right. Alex? Uh, at Entrepolife. So entrepreneur, but life instead of newer. Love that. Uh, and you guys know how to find me. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will catch you again another time, another place uh, on another Down to Security Rabbit Hole podcast, hopefully from Vegas and reInvent. Ciao. As we fade out on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole episode, we'd like to encourage you to chat with our hosts and guests using the Twitter hashtag PoundDTSR. 
please check out the show notes, catch up on any episodes you may have missed, and subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Our website is whiterabbit.net, W-H-1-T-3-R-A-B-B-I-T dot net. So on behalf of Rafal, James, for now it's goodbye. We'll see you soon on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast.